Hello everyone, good to see you. My name is Anke Mulman. Our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International, and we are located in Europe, in the Netherlands to be precise. When you go to our website, you will find a lot of articles about different subjects in different languages. And if you are interested to do house church, email us, go to our website cwowi.eu, email us and we can help you. Today I want to talk to you about when you think or when you probably are sure that you miss God and now what to do? Is it like forever it's over or what? And I like to go uh, together with you to the life of Moses. Well, you probably know Moses. If you do not know, he was born in Egypt. As you know, he had Hebrew parents. Their names were Amrat and Jochebed. They were slaves in Egypt. And both his parents were Levites, meaning they were part of the tribe of Levi. At the time of Moses' birth, the number of Israelites had grown immensely. And the Pharaoh was concerned that they would uh, come to over, overpower the Egyptians. So he came up with a plan and he ordered all male infants to be drowned in the Nile River in order to avoid a uprising. And when Moses was born, his mother, not wanting him to be killed, placed him in a basket and set him out onto the river. Pharaoh's daughter eventually heard Moses crying in the basket. So she had her maid drawn him out of the water and then she hired an Israelite woman who ended up being Moses' own mother to nurse him. But the Pharaoh's daughter raised him as her own son and she called him Moses. It literally means drawn out. Moses grew up in the uh, Egyptian court and he was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And when he was older... He realized how terrible his fellow Israelites were treated by the Egyptians. And when he saw an Egyptian beating one of the Israelites, he killed the Egyptian, hid his body in the ground. And then when you go to Acts chapter 7, this is where Stephen recalls everything that happened. Here in chapter 7 of Acts 21, when you go there, uh, let me see. And he says, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. It says this came into his heart. So he had a revelation that he had to help the children of Israel. And what I mentioned, he's seeing some, uh, one of them suffer wrong. He struck the Egyptians. And then in verse 25, it says, why did he struck him dead? Why did he kill him? For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would want to deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. Wow, that is amazing, isn't it? He had a revelation. He thought, okay, God will use me to deliver my people. But they did not understand. Well, I can relate to that. Years and years ago, uh, my husband had a revelation. He saw in a vision that he was to um, stop his education. He was educating uh, to become a, uh, a, a teacher. And the Lord said, no, that's not for you. You are to work in the Christian bookshop in the city center where we live over there. So we went to the leaders, but they did not understand. They did not have that same revelation. And that can happen to you too. It happens to us all, right? But go back to Moses. It says that uh, Josephus, who was a uh, Jewish historian, he tells us that Moses was a great army general. So we can understand that Moses probably thought that he would deliver them through a civil war. And he assumed the Israelites would follow him and that would be a rebellion and that would result in their freedom. He knew he had a revelation. He was the deliverer. 
He knew about his call, but he did not know how it would happen. He tried to help God by figuring the rest out. Based on his education and his military experience, you know what? Kill the Egyptians, people will follow me, and uh, and you will be the deliverer. <clears throat> Right? No, wrong. That's now not how the story went. So how did he... We can learn from that, right? So Moses, what he did, he applied a genuine revelation from God to his own education, to his own ideas, and he planned in his mind how God would make it uh, come to pass. And then he acted on it. And then he realized that he missed God because they did not understand. Uh, so his plan, what he thought God would do for him, how he would use him, it did not work. He missed God. So that's a lesson to learn. That's a lesson to learn for you and for me. Just because you have a revelation from God doesn't mean he's given others that same revelation because it's first and foremost to you. It's between you and the Lord. And many people think because they have a revelation from the Lord that surely everyone else must have the same revelation or if they don't have that revelation, they will believe you when you tell them what he has shown you. And that is wrong again. Most of the time they do not believe you. It is your revelation. It's not theirs. So how do you think Moses must have felt? Wow, I killed a person and it's not going the way I thought it would happen. When you read on chapter 7, uh, Acts 7, verse 26. The next day he appeared um, to two of them as they were fighting, tried to reconcile them saying, Men, you are bread and why do you wrong one another? But he who did his brother wrong, uh, pushed him away and say, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? And then at this saying, Moses fled. Moses fled. Wow, he fled to the land of Egypt. And the word fled means to run away as a fugitive. He was now a criminal. He was being sought by the Egyptian's king. What happened? What happened to me? I had a revelation and now I killed a person. Now I have to flee. And now I am a criminal. And then he says, it says here he dwells. Uh, where is it? Who made you fled? He became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons while well, he married and he had two sons. What was his, his wife's name? I don't know. Sipporah. And they had two sons, uh, Geshom and Eliezer. So he dwelled there, or a dweller, or a sojourn. I mean, you are in a land that's not your own. And the Bible says, talks about us Christians, that we are dwellers, that we are sojourners here in the world. This is not our home. Our home is heaven. Our home is, our citizenship is in heaven. So can you imagine how Moses must have felt? He was confused, probably. He didn't have a clue what had happened. He didn't have a clue. How he could have missed God? Was it genuine? Yes, it was genuine. Yeah, I know I am the deliverer. But the call on his life was rejected by all. Wow, and maybe you have experienced the same thing. We can learn more um, for, uh, about him when you go to Hebrews chapter 11, where is recalled uh, uh, by faith. You know, the faith, uh, what does it say here? Many people of faith. In Hebrews eleven twenty four, it says... By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to, adjoin, than to enjoy the passing pleasures 
of uh, of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Well, but it says he esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. So the word esteems mean that you look away from all else and that you focus on one object. So you leave behind what had happened to you and you focus on one object. So instead of submitting to fear and confusion and wondering, looking back what had gone wrong in his eyes or having self-pity or confusion or whatever, he turned away from his mistakes and he focused as, at Christ. But at this point, although he focused on Christ, he knew, he knew more about what wasn't God's will than uh, what he did, than uh, about what was God's will. So what do you do then when you know you missed it and you had a revelation and you missed God? So what do you do? You look away from all else and you you focus your focus here. You He said he esteemed, he looked to the reward. So at a certain point, you have to do what you need to do in the natural Do what you know to do, and then God can direct your path. What happened to us when we were rejected, when they didn't understand the revelation we had? Well, my husband said, okay, I know I I will be working in the bookshop in a couple of years, maybe, I don't know, sometime, because the Lord spoke it. So he educated himself, and he did what he did in the, what he had to do in the natural. And that's what you have to do, do. Do in the natural what you need to do. Moses did that too. He married, and he he left Egypt, uh, and actually he left the people he was called to help, right? He began another career and that of his shepherds. But he knew there was a reward. There would be a payday for him. And he held that in higher esteem than anything else on earth. He had his focus on what was ahead of him, not on what was behind him. So that was what we have to do too. He did so, he became a shepherd and he did so for one third of his life. And I think always wondering about... You know, what happened to him, that incident when he was young and how it would all fit together and how the Lord would, 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 would make it work and so on. And when you go back to uh, Acts chapter seven, it says, and when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the bush in the wilderness of the Mount Sinai. 40 years had passed. Wow. He eventually, the Bible says he, uh, he died at 120, age of 120. So 40 years had passed. It was one third of his life in the wilderness. And then at age 80, the Lord appeared to him in a burning bush to tell him how his call would come come about. All the time he knew he was a deliverer, but he did not know the how. So one third of his life, let me put that into perspective in our lives. What would it mean to you and me? Let's say that an average person lives to about 75. Maybe it's longer to nowadays, but let's say 75. That's easier to count. That means he was 25 when it came into his heart that he was to do what God wanted him to do, but he missed it. And he got back on track when he was 50. Wow. 50. And many people will think, you know, I'm 50 now. I'm almost retiring. Forget about it. Let me just retire and do what I like to do. And forget about the call. I am fine with it. But he did not. So, and here it says an angel of the Lord appeared. It's interesting because many people think it's an angel. But it was the Lord who appeared to him. How do we know that? Well, go to Exodus chapter 3. Where is Exodus in my Bible here? Chapter 3, verse 2, here it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, 
And then Moses said, I will turn around and see this. What does that mean that the bush does not burn? And then it says in verse 4, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him from the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, here I am. Well, and then he says, take your sandals off your feet. Why is that? Why do, uh, did he have to take his sandals off his feet? Well, in the Old Testament, when a person was in the presence of God, they had to remove their shoes because shoes are man-made and we cannot come into God's presence based on everything we did on our efforts. And you'll also see that in Joshua, for instance, chapter 5, there we see the Lord Christ as the captain of the Lord's army. And he told Joshua to take Jericho and he commanded him to remove his shoes in his presence. And also when you go to Joshua 5, I want to do that now for, uh, for time's sake, it says that Joshua fell on his face and he worshipped him. And angels do not receive worship. The Lord does receive worship. Okay, back to Acts 7, verse uh, 40, 34. Then the Lord says, I've seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their groanings. I've come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. And now come? Well, the Lord had not forgotten about him and about his callings. The Lord said, now come. What can we learn from that? We can learn there is oftentimes a time gap between being called and being separated and actually function and work and, 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 and walk in your calling. How do we know that? Well, there's another instance. Well, it was in our case that uh, we eventually uh, started to work in a bookshop about six, seven years later. But for instance, when you go to the Bible, you see the story of Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was called by the Lord when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. And that was probably around 34 AD. You can read that in, in Acts chapter 9. And then in chapter 26, he recounts his conversion. And then in verse 16, 17, he, the Lord said, I make you a minister and a witness to whom I now send you. So when he converted, the Lord said, I make you a minister and a witness to whom I now send you. That was his calling. I now send you. Well, now is, is not per se now for us. But when, when did it happen? When was he separated? He was called in chapter 9. And he recalls it in Acts chapter 16. But when you go back to Acts 13, in verse 2, there it says that there were certain prophets and teachers in the church in Antioch. They were ministering to the Lord. They were fasting. And then the Holy Spirit said, now separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas for the work to which I have called them. See, he had called them, both of them. But there in Acts 13, it became, or they were separated. And actually, that was about 45 AD, so it was over 10 years, more than 10 years. Paul knew he was called, but he was not uh, walking in his calling yet. What did he do after he knew he was called? Well, he went to Arabia for three years. He received revelation from the Lord, and the Lord taught him about a lot of things that we have in our New Testament. Then he met Peter and the apostles, and it was... Uh, after that, it was more than seven years later before he started ministering to the Gentiles. So there's a time gap between being called and being separated. Back to Moses. Yes, Moses became, he was a murderer, but he became the deliverer. But it was not by his own might, not by his education, by his strength, but it had to be by the power of God. And all those 40 years in the wilderness, maybe you feel like you're in the wilderness too, it shaped his character. 
And it says in Numbers 12, verse 3, that he became the most humble man in all the earth. <laughs> wow. More than all men who were on the face of the earth. He says he was the least proud on earth. So how can we relate to that? Maybe you had the revelation about what the Lord wanted you to do, but you think you missed it. You know, you did not miss it. But maybe there is it also that time gap. And what did you do after you had that revelation? Do in the natural what you need to do. Be busy. Don't stop and have that hope that there will be a reward. And the Lord does not, he has not forget, forgotten, forgotten you, that he is faithful. And just learn what you need to learn and trust him. And at a certain point, out of the blue, suddenly there was the Lord in that bush in a flaming fire. He did not expect it, but it happened. And he is faithful. So that's a lot that we can learn from most. I hope it helped you. If you have questions, go to our website cwowi.eu you can email me and hope to see you next time bye bye